Welcome to another episode of the Bakari Sellers Podcast. Today we are dealing with children issues and everything else, but I wasn't going to let me keep anything from uh, having me spend time with my brother, Gary Chambers, who is running for the United States Senate in the great state. Y'all consider the state, a republic, a commonwealth, state. A, a, French state. Ter- a French territory, what are y'all? <laughs> uh, the great state of Louisiana. So my first question, Gary, man, is this, like... Why now? Why did you choose to run for the United States Senate? You had a hellified showing in the um, in the in the race for for Congress. Um, why did you choose? Why now? And why did you choose this race? Have you seen my United States senator? <laughs> I mean, he's terrible. <laughs> Understatement. Uh, I keep going for subtlety, but okay. I mean that 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 sums it up, Bakari. You know, the leadership of our state is is awful. Um, when you look at Louisiana and everything that uh, we offer to this country, uh, John Kennedy is not a reflection of that. When we look at the demographics of our state, this is a winnable race. Uh, there are a lot of people that I wish would have had uh, the, the desire to run other than me, but we can't leave him unchallenged and uh, we can do what Georgia did here. Uh, and so we're in this race and we believe we've got a shot at, at pulling it off. So that leads me to my next question. For people in Washington, D.C. who say, look, he has no chance whatsoever. Absolutely no shot. This is Louisiana. He can't win. We're not going to waste resources. I mean, I'm sorry to start off out the gate, but I want people to find out why I believe in you. Right. So tell me, what do you tell those naysayers in the Washington, D.C. bubble about how you're going to win, win this race? John Kennedy was elected with five hundred and thirty six thousand votes. Uh, in the election that he That's was not a lot. I got more than that. Well, uh, about that same amount when I ran for the uh, lieutenant governor in South Carolina. But I was a bad so, man. I was a bad man. Yeah, I was a bad man. So, so you can understand that uh, we're not talking about uh, somebody who has a revolutionary amount of support, right? He has uh, what other folks have had to win, which is uh, a base of people show up. But in the same election, we ran a moderate white Democrat uh, and 26% of black voters in Shreveport showed up, 28% of black voters in New Orleans and 32% of black voters uh, in Baton Rouge. Uh, in the election where our governor, who's a Democrat, John Bell Edwards won, 30% of white voters showed up and 50% of white voters showed up in each one of those cities that I'm talking about. Uh, we know that we can turn out over 50% of the black vote in the state of Louisiana, 30% of black of white voters are gonna show up. There are 900,000 registered black voters in the state of Louisiana and this man won with 536,000 votes. In the election where our governor was elected, he he was elected with 750,000 votes and 450,000 of them were black folks. So the question is, do we have the resources to turn out the community and the base of people uh, that's necessary to win? And the reason that Democrats haven't won is because we continue to chase the middle instead of going after the base of our party and getting them to show up to vote. So let me ask you this, where do your votes come from? Because when people sit here in Louisiana, they think all the votes are in New Orleans. Now I know you got Baton Rouge, I know you got Shreveport, et cetera. So tell folks, where do you get your votes from? What does it look like on a map? It looks like out of 64 parishes, being able to win 20 to 24 parishes. Uh, It looks like winning New Orleans, Baton Rouge, Shreveport, uh, being highly competitive in Lake Charles, Lafayette, uh, making sure we deliver in Monroe and Alexandria. Uh, There there are 
Louisiana is 34% black. And so uh, there are black folks all over this state. They're Democrats. 34% black? 34% black. We're the so second blackest state I mean, in America. You said second? Second blackest state in America. Behind Mississippi, right? Behind Mississippi. I think South Carolina, we're 28, 29, but we, our voter participation ends up around 32, 33. We are about 30, 33, 34% of the vote as well. Uh, and so that's a heavy bat that we swing with. Um, we just need to make sure that we can turn those voters out. And we know that we're exciting people. Bacard, when we have our uh, town halls, our backyard conversations, it's young people, it's old people, it's black people, it's white people, uh, it's people of all different incomes that are showing up. Uh, and this weekend, the, the Democratic Party, we believe uh, we're going to win the Democratic Party endorsement, which will make us the endorsed candidate of the party, which hopefully uh, that helps bring in more national support. How do you do that? Because I know you have a moderate, I mean, I, I don't utilize my platform to talk about other candidates. I never do that. I only want to hear from you. However, your situation is a little different because you have a unique Democratic opponent. My question is, and without talking about him too much, how do you win that support from the Democratic Party? So this week we won the executive committee's vote. Uh, so the way our, our party works here is the executive committee interviews the candidates and the executive committee makes a recommendation to the committee of the whole for our DSCC members. Uh, that vote is this Saturday. On Tuesday, uh, we won the executive committee vote. Um, and so it goes to the body on Saturday. And so it's not over until it's over. Uh, but rare, very rarely does the committee of the whole go against the, the vote of the executive committee. And the truth is we're the only candidacy that has presented a plan on how you win. Uh, everybody else talks about uh, what they they think they can do, but you know, we ran before, we've had a base of voters, uh, we've raised a uh, million dollars to show that we can raise resources. Um, and we've applied that in a way that's meaningful. And we're the leading polling Democrat in this race. Just by the sheer numbers, there has to be a Trump chambers voter. How, how do you talk to that voter? What is that about? I think you talk about being 50th in the nation. Uh, you talk about John Kennedy voting against infrastructure dollars uh, at the same time that Hurricane Ida had hit our state and people were without power in home of Louisiana for four weeks. I think that's the conversation that we have with that community. And when you have that conversation, People understand when their lights are off and they need their power back on and we're not putting power lines underground. Uh, Louisiana's not gonna get rid of hurricanes, but we can put the power lines underground and we've got a Senator who votes against infrastructure dollars. That makes no sense. <laughs> that makes absolutely no sense. The couch is always on the ballot and you are uniquely positioned to make sure that people don't vote for the couch in these elections. I talk about the enthusiasm around your campaign and how you get those infrequent voters, particularly those black voters, which will help push you over the, over the top. Well, you know, uh, that's my base. I, I didn't have the luxury of having uh, political institutional support uh, in my previous race. Um, and so that's the people that we go after the most. So we get into the clubs, we go into the streets, we're everywhere where the people are. Uh, we're talking to the influencers and galvanizing people who have influence in communities that I don't necessarily have influence with, getting them bought into this process. Uh, and that's how we build this this momentum that becomes more than just about an election, but about the current of change that we want to see happen for people in Louisiana. I mean, that's, that is one of the most unique things. I remember walking down the street with you in New Orleans 
and people were just coming out saying, I voted for you. The energy was there. You were very, very close to getting into that runoff. One of the things I'm noticing in this cycle, though, is that Democratic voters are really looking for a different type of candidate. They don't want the poll tested guy from central casting. We used to always have like the white male that was a businessman or had a military background. They want authenticity. And I think we see that in John Fetterman. We see that in Raphael Warnock. We see that in you. What's driving that demand from voters? The lack of results, I think. I think that we we had a certain pedigree that uh, people prescribed to, and they thought that they would get some level of return on investment. And then when that return on investment didn't come, um, it's not even always that the re return on investment didn't come. People aren't always genuine with people about why it didn't come. They're not honest and forthcoming. Uh, and I think that people just want people that are going to shoot straight with them. Uh, and that's the type of representation I think that is more likely to deliver for people because people can become a part of the army for change with you if you go tell them why things aren't working. But if you just try to pretend that things are good all the time and come back into the community with no results, eventually people realize it's smoke and mirrors and they send you home. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. You started your campaign literally on fire, talking about cannabis. Why is this such an important issue for you? And what's the chamber's plan for cannabis when you go to Washington? It's important to me because, you know, people are sitting in jail in Louisiana right now for cannabis possession. Uh, there's a brother right now in Angola Penitentiary for less than a gram of cannabis on a life sentence. Um, that makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, and people are making profits off of this in California, Colorado, New York is coming online. Uh, and it, Colorado has a fourth rank education system in the country. And Louisiana has the 48th ranked education system in the country. Uh, Colorado has legal cannabis that spends about four to $500 million a year into their education system to help produce that fourth ranked education system. I'm looking for resources to actually put into uh, the coffers of government to make change with. And I think cannabis is a pathway to do that. New Orleans is a city that brings in millions of tourists every year. Uh, we need to capitalize off of that. Um, and I think that it's just wise. And, and it's just not just. It's just not a just system right now. And in DC, I think my objective is 
to use whatever powers uh, I have to leverage with the president to deschedule cannabis. Um, because I think that they fucking love uh, that one. I, mean, I think that if we've seen Joe Manchin and others hold up policies for things that are important to them, we need to be willing to hold up policies for things that are important to us. Uh, and, and justice is important to us. And these are things that the president is already committed to. Really, I mean, I, what you're doing is you're shining light on a lot of people who look like us. And why won't they utilize their power to hold up things for the greater good? Like rescheduling cannabis well you know and that that brings me to my neck that's a nat you're natural at this i don't know why you don't do tv but you know you they, don't, they ain't called me yet i'm waiting oh sometimes <laughs> you gotta you gotta knock down the door you know that better than others you, you know if you were running for the house you'd be one of 435 but you're running for the senate so you're one of 100 and talk about your unique role as you just did a little bit but expound on that unique role within the democratic caucus and what will be your priorities for louisiana I think I think leveraging the position is, is important. You know, being one of a hundred, you're really one of fifty, whatever, uh, in the Democratic caucus. Uh, we've seen Kristen Sinema and Joe Manchin leverage their vote uh, to do what they feel is in the best interest of what I feel are corporate interests. Uh, I would like to see uh, a strategy about leveraging our vote to make sure that we get some of the things necessary uh, to help either bring about justice or economic relief to the American people. Uh, that's possible. That doesn't mean that I'm going to be an obstructionist to the president or his agenda. Uh, it just means that we want to make sure that certain things are inclusive in the president's agenda. Uh, and I think going there with that mindset is different than the norm. Uh, I think the priorities for Louisiana is how do we, one, uh, pass some of the signature legislation that the president has already tried to bring forth. Uh, I think having the numbers necessary to protect uh, reproductive rights are necessary, codifying role, um, making sure that we can uh, end the filibuster to do that. I think making sure that every economic uh, pipeline of help we can do to end inflation uh, is going to be a priority for me. Uh, 800,000 plus Louisianans make under $15 an hour. That's about 37% of our state. We need to do something to raise the, the federal minimum wage. I think if we get uh, myself or Mandela Barnes or Charles Booker elected, uh, that gives us the numbers to be able to move some of this legislation. I'm also not naive enough to believe that if just I am elected that we're going to get all of these things done. Uh, we need one or two other folks elected too. Well, I mean, you, hell, I mean, I, I have faith that if just one of y'all can get something done, I mean, you'll be the antithesis to cinema and, uh, and mansion. I mean, we've seen the power of one senator. I, I, how is your opponent failing? And I don't mean your Democratic opponent. I mean, Kennedy, who, by the way, let me just say something about your Senator Kennedy. Senator Kennedy is arguably one of the smartest men in the United States Senate. And he plays this dumb hick role better than anybody you'll ever see in your life. But the man is actually very, very brilliant. How is he failing? I think you just walked into it that he plays a role on TV rather than actually deliver for us. John Kennedy used to be a Democrat. I don't know if you know that. Oh, I know that. Um, a lot. I mean, he's one of them old Southern boys that used to, I know. Yeah. So in 2004, he ran for the U.S. Senate and he sounded a lot like you and I. Um, in 1991, he was pro-choice. Um, and I think that John Kennedy decided that he would just become whatever to accomplish the goal of becoming a senator. And so he stopped delivering results for people. Uh, he no longer votes for legislation that's meaningful. He voted against uh, the Inflation Reduction Act. He voted against the CHIPS 
uh, Act. He voted against the infrastructure dollars. I mean, I can name about 10 other pieces of legislation that he's voted against. And every one of those things is a vote against Louisiana because those are resources that would help us as, as people in this state. And he's just not president. I don't, I don't think that there are people, uh, mayors aren't having talk conversations with him. Uh, legislators aren't having conversations with him. And this is not just Democrats. I'm talking Democrats and Republicans. He's just not an accessible uh, uh, asset to the state. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. And I mean, as a United States Senator, I'm a, I, I know you very well. So one of the things you're going to have one of the best grassroots offices, and I hate to compare you to this man, but everybody will tell you that the greatest legislator in the House or Senate for constituent services was none other than Strom Thurmond. But I have a feeling you would equate to that or be just as good. Are you, am, I, am I misspeaking? Am I, talking I hope to be. I hope to be. Uh, you know, being in contact with the people is important to me. Um, and I think that making sure that we build an office that looks like Louisiana is important. Talk to me about this. What would you do around guns? Because this is a tricky balance. Now, for me, I'm from the South, right? I have a CWP. I own guns. I believe in common sense gun regulations. And people who listen to this show know that one of the unique things about me is I actually got my CWP with Nikki Haley. We shot right next to each other. We took the test beside each other. We're, you know, this is a cultural thing. And it's particularly amongst Black folks. Black folks own guns, too, like white folks down here. That plays into the politics here. So how would you navigate this issue? I'm a gun owner. Uh, and I think that people uh, should have the second, second Amendment right to carry. I think that people uh, should also have a process to owning a gun. Um, I think that we should raise the age of gun ownership from 18 to 21 uh, universally. I think that this logic that if you can be in the military, you can own a gun. Well, if you go to the military, you get training time. Uh, use that weapon. There's training associated with that. Um, I also, as controversial as it may be to say at this time, 
I'm not sure an assault weapons ban is realistic. Um, I think that in Louisiana, since 2000, they've sold 6 million guns. We got 4 million people in Louisiana and they sold 6 million guns since 2000. Uh, to believe that we're going to make people give up assault weapons or we can have a, an assault weapons ban, I just don't think it's realistic. I think that we can set certain parameters to own an assault weapon. Um, and I think that those are the things that we should be looking at. I want to look at legislation that actually gets something accomplished, uh, not necessarily pie in the sky legislation. I like that. I'm for an assault weapons ban now. We've had one before and everything was all good, but I, I get you. I mean, we, we would have to I sit don't in the know back. If it, I just don't know if it's, a, if it's achievable in this climate. That's fair. I mean, I, I think it is, but that's one of the things, that's why I love politics, because I'd be like, hey, Chambers, let's go down the street to the Democratic Club, drink this good liquor, see if they know how to fry some fish, and let's figure out some way we can meet in the middle. I mean, I think that is what politics is. Let me ask you this. We can never have too many champions in the United States Senate for HBCUs, and you've got some iconic institutions. That's why if you are able to make it out this primary, the energy around your campaign at Gramlin, Xavier, Dillard, Southern, among others, is going to be crazy. How would you support HBCUs? Brother, you know, we have some of the most flavorful institutions in Louisiana across don't, don't, the board. Don't, 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 don't be you, out you, here. You, you already know. You already know. Don't be out here on those. Don't be out here on no limb now. <laughs> I understand that y'all have a special place in South Carolina, but it does not compare, and that's okay. That's okay. You a guest. Uh, I'm going to treat you kindly. You a guest. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I, and I'm going to take every bit of the pleasure of it, too. Uh, but I think really increasing funding, the Biden administration has increased funding for HBCUs, so I want to give them props for that. Uh, but, but being a partner with HBCUs to figure out how can we partner different uh, government institutions with them. If you look at uh, what has helped uh, Atlanta be so successful. The CDC is there. They're in partnership with uh, schools that are there. How can we increase programming at these institutions? I'd love to see Southern University have a medical school. Uh, and what does that look like? And how do we make sure that if that's possible, we put all of the resources and funding and federal resources attached to that. But then also, where can I get federal departments to increase their uh, capacity in a state so that I can get uh, partnerships between the universities to start happening. I mean, that's important. I mean, you could do that with cannabis too. I mean, there's a direct correlation between the, between the two. What committees would you target? Uh, transportation, justice, uh, and uh, those two are, are, are important to me. And I, I would say uh, appropriations. Oh, you just want to be on the best committee on the approach. Okay. I ain't mad at you for, for dreaming. <laughs> Kennedy, Kennedy's, Kennedy's on judiciary and uh, and appropriations. And, and those are two two. So when you say that, justice, you mean judiciary? Yeah, judiciary. Yeah, all right. Uh, you you like, yeah, and while I'm there, I want to be president too. Just make me vice president. So I, <laughs> I hear you. I mean, ain't, ain't, ain't nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying yeah, appropriations as a, as a new kid. It ain't nobody going to love up there but me. We've seen some victories late coming out of Washington, uh, you know, uh, climate, prescription drug relief, gas prices are slowly falling. We've seen major legislation passed on research and development and infrastructure and COVID. How do you distill these things down? I mean, you, one of the unique things about you, this is my last question for you, other than how can people follow you, but we'll ask that question, separate question. 
One of the unique things about you is you're a great communicator for the party. How do you distill the victories we've had of late down to the voters that you're in contact with? I think, I think the, the messengers matter uh, as much as the message sometimes. That's why the party hasn't always uh, delivered the, the results. Um, what, what, what helps me more than how I articulate is that people can trust me when I articulate. Uh, I think that you, you, really, you really have to talk about how we, we've done these things, but we have more to do. Um, and that's why we need you to show up. That would be the message that I would carry to the American people. Uh, these are the pieces of legislation that we've passed. This is how it impacts you. Uh, specifically the infrastructure bill. If I was President Biden and uh, all of the jobs that are going to be created as a result of the infrastructure bill, that's $6 billion of investment that's coming into Louisiana. Those are construction jobs. Those are engineering jobs. There's a host of different types of jobs that are going to come with that. Um, and it's going to improve the quality of life for people in communities. That's a real selling point that I, I'm not sure the Biden administration has figured out how they articulate into a common sense way with people. But the jobs component of it is something that I would heavily sell because the major constraint or problem with people right now is economic viability and how do we increase their economic mobility, you know? Um, and so figuring out how do we make those policies relatable to how they help people's pocketbooks is the way that I would be communicating the message. You know, that's the most important thing people don't understand. You know, people want to know, but I, I tell, I've said this um, kind of antidote four or five times on the show that my daddy called me mad one day because the price of uh, whiting went up at the Piggly Wiggly. Like that, my daddy's a grown man. You know, he retired. He's 78 this year, but that bothered him because of inflation. And people want to know, you know, while all these other things are good, people want to know how they're going to make sure their ends meet. So I'm a Gary, Gary Chambers supporter. I hope everyone listening is, I've already donated. I'm gonna donate more money to the campaign. I hope people donate to your campaign, tell people how to follow you, tell people where they can find you on social media. Well, thank you for your support, Bakari. And uh, you can go to chambersforlouisiana.com uh, to support, sign up to volunteer. Also, not just to donate, we want folks to donate, but we also, People from around the country can help us as we start phone banking and calling voters around the state of Louisiana. Uh, that's important to us. Uh, you can follow me at Gary Chambers Jr. on all platforms uh, and just help us share the message because this is a winnable race in Louisiana uh, because the numbers are there. And so you don't have to believe me. Just put the resources in my hand and I'm going to show you. My brother, I love you. Best of luck. Hey, good luck this weekend. It's one day after the next. Thank you, brother. I appreciate right. you. Be easy. Thanks.